Hello and welcome to Writer's Block Podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Havlin. This episode brought to you by August, by far the worst month. My guest is Sarah Papalardo, and she has the distinction of having my favorite name of any guest I've ever had. Papalardo. Try it. It's super fun to say. And it sounds delicious. I'll have the Papalardo, please. How can you pass that up? But Sarah's other and far more significant distinction is that she is the co-founder and managing editor of the website Reductress, the first and only satirical women's magazine. And although based on that, this is a foregone conclusion, the funniest, super funny in fact, thanks in very large part to Sarah and her co-founder Beth Newell, who will make you laugh every single day if you'll just give them that chance. Sarah and I talk about how these two friends came up with the idea for Reductress, what their inspiration was, and how they very thoughtfully put it together. It's a great creation story, and as all good Christians know, a great creation story can be very compelling and potentially misleading. Plus, all the basics are covered here, including Sarah's hyper-rebellious teen years and her foray into the seedy underworld of big city improv classes. I figured out what improv was, and so the day I got my license when I was 16, I signed up for an improv class in Boston. And it was great. I loved it. I fell in love. But I wasn't supposed to be driving into the city. And I, uh, got, I got grounded for taking, taking improv classes in high school. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, it's pretty cute. You, um, you weren't going, supposed to go into the city because it's too dangerous? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, whatever reason parents give, uh, you know. Yeah, well, you're 16. Yeah, I was a little know. baby. Yeah. But that was, like, probably oh, yeah. the worst thing I did in my youth. Yeah, uh, that and heroin. <laughs> the heroin was delicious. Later in the podcast is a very overdue conversation about women in comedy, and Sarah graciously opens my half-closed eyes to a few truths I hadn't yet grasped. I'm telling you, there's just so much that's good about this episode, I had a genuinely hard time figuring out what to tell you up front. So, how about I just quit yapping and you start listening? This is episode 49. My guest is Sarah Papalardo. I'm J.R. Havlin. You're part of the writer's block now. Good choice. You know, boom it. Let me hear that Sarah Papalardo voice. Hey there, everyone. See that? You want to lean in a little bit. Oh, yeah. The whispering no, can... didn't help at all. I know, I know. That was my bad radio voice. But yeah. I can, uh, is this good? Do you think this is good? Yeah. Good but distance? You can go ahead and, you can go ahead. Just scream at me. <laughs> all right. Fine. That's good. Yeah? Yeah. You want that level? Emote. I do I want emote. that level. I can emote. Sarah is the uh, uh, co-founder of a website that I uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy on a regular basis, Reductress. What is that over there? Oh, this is my is that phone. You brought? Oh, okay. I thought is I it... had something here oh, that had reductress. Yeah. Like, just did my, I just pick up phone. swag that I forgot about? Yeah, if you see like a angry looking girl on the train with a phone with a reductress sticker on it, that's probably me. Really angry? Are okay. You? I mean, no. Like, I'm not an not not usually angry, but I would guess that before 10 a.m. on the train, I probably look a little surly, and I'm usually doing something on my phone. Where does the train originate and where does it go to at 10 a.m. in the morning? Good question. For you. Uh, Clinton Hill in Brooklyn. Yeah. I, uh, I ride the bike down to the queue to Union Square um, where we have, uh, we work in a co-working space. You ride the bike? Your... City bike. Usually. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or, or my regular bike. Whatever gets me there. Um, and yeah, we have an office kind of between Union Square and Flatiron, um, which is essentially a table in a co-working space. Uh, it's pretty, pretty glamorous. You should have stuck with office. <laughs> I mean, my office. office. Um, our Shit. headquarters. Shit, yes. If I may. That's right. Are in the uh, Trump building. <laughs> We're in making the it. Fishing building, fl- the Flabiron. Yep. Flabiron. I meant we own the Flatiron building. You do? Yeah, we made some smart real estate investments. You mean investments. the Reductress building. Exactly. Soon to be named. Exactly. <laughs> so you have the office and you go in there every day? Uh, almost, yeah. Um, sometimes we take Fridays work from home day. I love that it's your job. So, t- so <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, it's just fantastic because, uh, look, uh, um, I see it mostly on Facebook. You guys do, uh, you post a lot on Facebook, you post mm-hmm. all your stories, you have a ton of stories. So it pops up a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I swear I like laugh at literally like 90% of the headlines that I see. And then you can click on it and read the story, which, which hold up very well most of the time. But the 90% is... I think in the industry known as onion numbers. 
Wow. Those are onion numbers. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that, that feels great because I'm sure you know when you, you put something out there and you just kind of click the button, you're like, does anybody like me? Yeah, but then and you see, you see like, numbers. Oh, I mean, you know God. how many people yeah. read stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. We get a good response, so That's it's good. pretty cool. I see so many of them. I don't always read the story, but um, but I never did that with The Onion much either. And I kind of equate it with that because it, it's just like comedically it has a similar feel to me with like the, you know, really funny, engaging headline that drags you in and then the story to back it up, which I was always surprised by, you know, that you take the time to write the story behind the goofy headline, but have it be a very sort of legitimate sounding story, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think I could put out anything that would be less than legitimate. It would feel kind of weird. But yeah, that I mean, you definitely made a good point. A lot of people tend not to read uh, the actual content of the article. Same problem as The Onion. But um, the funny thing is when people actually get onto the site, they spend quite a bit of time there. Um, and we do pretty well on that. But the biggest challenge, and I think I would say it's the same for The Onion, is that a lot of people are like, that's a funny headline, and they retweet, and they don't actually uh, click on it, right. um, which is just part of the business. But actually, that's why I think The Onion was really smart with ClickHole. Like, it's yeah. c- actually clickbait, but it's also a joke, so you don't feel duped in actually clicking on the content. Yeah, ClickHole is great. Yeah, it's, they're fantastic. Well, let's just find out a little bit about Sarah. Okay, that's you. Yep. Hi. Where uh, uh, Where were you born? I was born in Boston. Um, and lived in the suburbs for a couple of years before moving to Bedford, New Hampshire, um, which is a bedroom community. Uh, well, bed right in it. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's, and it's literally Makes a bedroom sense. community. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think the and everybody only, drives Fords. Everybody drives a Ford. Mm-hmm. Everyone's extremely American. And, and, uh, a couple of like Seth Meyers and, uh, Sarah Silverman grew up in my town, which was kind of weird. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Seth's mom was my field hockey coach in junior high. <laughs> And that's she was like the pretty good. Nice. That's she a was, great. That's a great little fact. Yeah, she was so nice, like almost too nice to be a coach, but like we loved her. So. So did you? Do you know him? No, I never met him. I think I met his brother once in Chicago, but uh, I never met him. Huh. He was okay. he was like blowing up by the time I was even adult an adult. Right, right, so, yeah. right, right. How old are you? I'm thirty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you grew up outside of Boston. Did you then? What was your introduction to comedy? Probably when I was around high school, I think that was that sweet spot of Comedy Central when um, Strangers with Candy was on and uh, Upright Citizens Brigade and The Daily Show was starting to get really good. And uh, yeah, I just watched a lot of TV and I was watching SNL every Saturday night and um, I figured out what improv was. And so the day I got my license when I was 16, I signed up for an improv class in Boston. And it was great. I loved it. I fell in love. But I wasn't supposed to be driving into the city. So um, I think one time I, I, I blew a tire and I, I was just driving all over the place. And I finally had to tell my parents that I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm in Boston and I, I, don't, I don't know what to do about a flat. And I, uh, got, I got grounded for taking... Taking improv classes in high school. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cute. You, um, you weren't going. It's supposed to go into the city because it's too dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like whatever reason parents give, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, you're 16. Yeah, I was a little know. baby, yeah. but that was like probably oh, yeah. the worst thing I did in my youth. Yeah. Uh, that and heroin. <laughs> the heroin was delicious. Yeah. I have to say, well, it's hard it was to worth stay it. Away. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. You know, leading up to that, like, were you 15 thinking, I can't, when, when I get my license, boom, I'm going oh, yeah. to Boston, I'm going to do this comedy thing? Oh, yeah. So it did was... you think actress? What were you thinking at um, that point? At that point, I think not a lot of, <laughs> you don't really think about the writers of those shows at the time, so you kind of do think like, oh, yeah, I'm going to perform, because that's what people do, and everybody writes their own characters and all that stuff. Yeah, and John um, Stewart's making it up as he yeah, goes he's along. Just, he's yeah. just making it up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think at the time Which, I was like... in a way, sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, he yeah. he is the shit. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I was like, yeah, I want to perform, and I loved... Um, I just loved the freedom of improv and the philosophy of it, so it kind of became that that like life inspiration as well that we should be yes ending everything in life. Oh, listen to you! I know. Ugh. Listen to her. So dumb. Good lord. But um, yeah, I really got I really got jazzed. <laughs> I mean, if, if I may go back for a second, it's pretty. It's 
true, though. Yeah. It is. I mean, <laughs> it's it is. It's not a bad it philosophy. Is. It just sounds idiotic. It's so dumb. I know. It's like our cute little cult. <laughs> yeah. It's true, though. Yeah. When you, 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 see, you see yourself doing it all the time. When you know improv, and then you, you go into a social situation, and you see people shutting down a social situation. Mm-hmm. More, more often than not, it's not that they're, like, no-budding. But they're like the, what Brian Regan, the comic that I mentioned to you earlier, calls a me monster, where they just won't stop talking about themselves. So anything that you add to it, they just run over and go to where they were going yeah. already rather than, you know. Yeah, which reminds me of this story that I, no, I don't, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that right. I interrupted. But yeah, no, it's true. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of people like that in life. Well, but it's sort of the it's sort of the opposite of improv. And if you yeah. take improv skills into a social situation, social situation. <laughs> I'm tired. I think we're both tired. I can't some of this I can't edit out. Um but if you do that, then it's uh, uh it, it probably helps you with that as well. It just helps mm-hmm. you to open up with people and have more confidence. Did you find that as oh, when yeah. you, were, were you already sort of uh, uh confident and and outgoing or uh, had to be a little bit to a go little, with... a little bit, but I was still I mean like if this is any indicator my nickname was Daria early in high All school. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like I was definitely it. like the sarcastic kid that didn't really act out much. So like improv kind of helped let that out. And I think I got to like unlearn all that surliness of my earlier, earlier years. And That's not a bad nickname, oh, was... I suppose. <laughs> I mean, Daria was awesome. Yeah, like, right. It was a yeah. great show. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but the character herself is a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah. No, no one really wants to be Daria in Are real life. Are you saying life. that because the show's good? <sighs> no? Yeah. 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 Well, you'll be yeah. my friend, right? Right. I can, I can hang out with you guys. Yeah. My high school experience in a nutshell. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so you uh, um, you go out there, you start doing uh, the, the improv. You're still in high school, probably yeah. a sophomore or something. Yeah, I think I was like a junior. So junior and senior year, I just took classes whenever I could. Um, and then decided to go to Chicago for school. And I did the trifecta improv, uh, improv Olympic annoyance, Second City. All through college you were doing that? Did you, yeah. Were you in a group in, in, your, in your school as well? Uh, I started a group in my school. See, there because, you go. You yeah, have that in you, don't you? It was, the whole, yeah. I'm going to start a thing. It was, yeah, yeah, it was fun. I like that. That's what I want to talk to you about. The difference in somebody who uh, has an idea and somebody who then actually goes through with that idea and can build that idea and, and make turn that idea into something solid. It's a skill that not everybody has. And uh, I think an interesting thing that I'd like to talk to you about on how you did it with the website. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and then we'll come right back and we'll start talking about Reductress, which if you haven't gone on it yet, go on it now, but come back in two minutes. Go to Reductress.com, two S's. Then come back. I can edit all this out. No, it's good. Keep going. Oh, okay. I needed you to talk before I could go. We'll be right back with Sarah Papalardo. Like Stevie Wonder said, isn't she lovely? I think it's no secret at this point that one thing many writers and performers and artists in general have in common is that moment in their life when they not only decide that they want to do this thing, but they actually go out and do it. That's the bigger step, and I always love hearing about it. Coming up, as promised, Reductress. How do you think of and create a satirical website, let alone get people to pay attention to it? Well, you've come to the right place to find out. This is Writer's Block, and my guest is Sarah Papalardo. All right, we're back. Hi. Hi. Say hi. 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 Hello. Hi, 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 hi. Hi, 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 hi. I think hi. we got a future. Yeah, definitely. We got a future. Um, with Sarah Papalardo, co-founder, and what are you? What is your current position? Do you call you? What do you call yourself? Uh, managing editor. Managing editor. Wearer Sweet. of many hats. Wow. Yeah. So then, what is Beth? Beth is editor. Editor. Yes. Is do, who? Who's 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 boss? Tell me. Now. Nobody is anybody's boss. I mean, that's when it. <laughs> Why really the gets... managing part? What is that? Um, because. Uh, I mean, we decided at one point, we're like, well, we shouldn't have the same title. And That's I'm like, well, 
And back before I was doing this, I was a, a project manager for my day job and uh, used to organizing things and editorial schedules and stuff. So I'm just like, oh, I'll be the managing editor. That's sure. Your, that's your um, end of it. Yeah. But I mean, uh, uh, when it comes to the day to day, we have uh, equal parts in, in the editorial process. And I do want to talk about that. But first, I want to find out what uh, what are the abilities that you bring that uh, allow you to, first of all, come up with this idea and then actually produce it. I mean, a lot of people at one point or another in that process are going to fall by the wayside just because it's either too difficult, too daunting, or just they just don't know how to do this thing. So you and uh, Beth met improv uh, school? Sketch. sketch. Um, yeah, she was the sketch director at The Magnet at the time. And um, we wrote an election show together with a few other people. Um, kind of got to know each other's style. This a is better. after college. Yeah, yeah. This was 2012. Mm-hmm. So we had both been spending a decade. She was, you know, over at UCB in college, and I was out in Chicago. Kind of similar paths, not too far off from each so other. You, when we first met, you must have just started the website, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Very right. new. Yeah. So yeah, we, we met in 2012. Got to know each other's style, and like she sent me an email, like, "Tell me if this is crazy, but I've got this idea." And um, you know, after like actually realizing nobody else had done it before. Um, the one thing we both realized was we couldn't just like start a blog because you could duplicate it, right? It's just a fake women's magazine. So we either had to do it well or not bother. Um, and we really knew that from the beginning. So the plan was that we were going to write a ton what would of... The blo- how would the blog get in, in the way? Um, you know, like a lot of people have blogs, right? right? I have a personal blog. And a lot of people drop off the blogs. They think, man, I'm going to get a readership. And then they're like, oh, I guess I didn't. Like, oh, fuck it. Um, we realized that there was some value in not just making a blog that makes fun of magazines, but a brand that uh, skewers and satirizes all of women's media because nobody had done it. People had been, like, tapping at it and knocking at the door. Um, Like, Sarah Haskins was doing some great work. And just, I mean, a ton of funny funny women were doing really great work that touched on women's media. But there was just no umbrella or, like, a house to to really put it in or a a context even. And um, Beth had interned at The Onion and she had some experience with the process there. And oh, she I, did? Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. And um, So is that is that where the kind of idea came up? Because it's sort of like, you know, I feel I'm doing all of this, but I feel like, you know, maybe she was even coming up with with headlines that were not fitting in at the onion, but they but they started giving her this idea or something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're obviously you know relatively similar beasts. Yeah, and I think actually yes, uh, and I think both of us were kind of get having that feeling in pitch meetings and in other stuff and sketch meetings and whatnot where it was like you're like so I got this pitch about anthropology and you'd get blank stares from guys and but you knew it was funny and you knew it was relevant to a certain part of the population, but you know when a writer's room is mostly male, I mean, it's understandable why you get blank stares. So um, we, we also both came to that. Her from you know, her work at The Onion and um, just us in Sketch realizing like, oh, we don't have a home and there's, there is a void and a need um, for this. So we either have to go hard or go home. And the and creating a website and making it a more kind of, so that, that has a more of a permanence to it then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and what is the difference between a website and a blog? Uh, we, it was a custom design website. You know, we built it ourselves. But I think we were thinking about it from the perspective of a brand and not just a thing where we write stuff. We were trying to get past, like, women who are funny because there was a lot of that out there, too, and we wanted to be more specific and then ask ourselves, like, all right, if Reductress is this on a blog, what does that mean for video? What does that mean for, um, you know a print book or a stage show or anything like that, you know, uh, like what would Oprah do basically, but for satirizing women's media. Uh Um, and once we started looking at it that way, it kind of all made the, the path made a lot more sense that it wasn't like just writing a blog. It was, um, kind of laying the groundwork for this, this story, um, that we could, you know, uh, pursue related projects on. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, um, you, you talk about both of you working in rooms together or separate rooms where 
you are pitching ideas and you find yourself to be a minority being women and sometimes your ideas were shot down and you felt like, the, you know, it was, I mean, what is your perception of like that, that struggle to be, uh, you know, a woman in a, in a man's sort of like uh, office setting? I mean, it seems like that was a trigger for sort of separating yourself in a certain way. Um, yeah, I mean, like, first, it was it wasn't traumatic by any means. It was more no, just no, like no. I mean, like all the dudes we all wrote with are super cool and funny. Um, but I just think that we come. Uh, a lot of guys don't realize what a lot of women get from very early childhood, um, just through osmosis uh, uh, from the women's media. Uh, from, like, Oprah to Cosmo to Teen Magazine, and the kind of ridiculousness that's foisted upon us um, that little boys didn't really get a lot of. And I think that's just where sometimes the, the, the references that we relate to don't always resonate with men. Not always, because there are definitely men who are like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Are you, but are you talking about more sort of, like... Social pressure, body image stuff. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Definitely stuff that we were told that uh, boys and men weren't told to do. Um, like ways and to take care of your body, what's gross and not gross, like things like that. Um, so and less of a focus on just being a, a, a competent professional something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Huh. I mean, we're all so hyper aware of the media's effect on us now that I think I... I want to believe I'm immune to it, but maybe we're all just fish in water. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's definitely affect. It's shaped our thinking. It's shaped the way we communicate um, with other women and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's it's real. The pressure from just like the rack of women's magazines with ripped. Oh yeah. Like celebrities and such. Yeah, definitely, and it definitely extends beyond just body image stuff. But that's the big. That's the big touch point, I think, that's finally being unraveled. Do you have a Do you have um, a lot of men or any men contributing to the website? Yeah, definitely. Like a resident man, men's man's columnist kind mm. of thing. <laughs> um, technically, there is. It's called Dude Corner. It's not. Okay. It's not right. written by a man. Um, it's just our only um, first person opinion column that's. Uh, written from a man's perspective. Yeah. Um, but it's still decidedly from a woman's perspective. Right. Okay, um, okay. But... Well, that would fit in with the thing. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not yeah. I, yeah well, and that's also the, the comedic angle to it. I'm right. not saying, like, <laughs> you need some guy ranting about guy shit on there. Yeah. Ironically, we got a lot of pitches of that, like, a lot of dudes were like, hey, I got this idea. How about you do an advice column from a man's perspective? It'll be so fun. Like, and I mean, it totally... It, it is funny. The idea is funny. Um, but we definitely... We really, really appreciate when dudes pitch to us and really try to kind of steep themselves in this world um, and enter this world that's like kind of vaguely feminine and uh, uh, and see what comes out. Tell me really quickly about, uh, um, you talked about having the idea and then saying like you wanted to make it a, a, a more real, more permanent, more serious thing. And so the, 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 the website fit that better than, you know, a blog that can just kind of be any single person doing a thing. You wanted this sort of team effort. You decide to do that. You create the website. You might, I don't know if you got some help doing that. You design the website. You get that going. You put it up. Where is all that content coming from at that point? And how are you, is it costing money? How, how did you, did you, did you get any funding? How do you go about getting attention? You know? Sure. Um, so, uh, between January 2013 and April when we launched, we got together maybe eight or ten of our writery improv sketch friends in the community. We said, hey, we got this idea. We put together sort of like a vague manifesto of, of what this was and a couple of sample pieces that Beth and I had written and kept trying to like steer people in this direction. And a, there was just a lot of um, heavy edits and kind of just being like, all right, well, it, we want this, not this. And then we're like, do we want this? Um, but after a couple of months of, of editing and just pitching more and more ideas, we had a, a sense of a voice for what Reductress was. 
I had... And you're working with so, sort of a skeleton crew? I mean, yeah, okay. yeah, for no money. And I mean, I was... Yeah, sure. I, was, I designed and built the site for no money. I had a buddy helping me out on the server side, but like we were just building Is it. Is that something you knew how to do already? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I, for a few years, my day job was project management and software and, and web development for a few well, like, that helps, for agencies and stuff. Go, yeah. Otherwise, uh, I can like consider that. Like if you didn't know that, yeah. that's yet another thing that you have to go out and find. I mean, exactly. when I put my website, I had to get, I got the guy at the Daily Show show hey can you help me do this and it's yeah. like yeah for money exactly. you know? yeah exactly I mean, thank you david but exactly. you know, and and he, he could probably charge me more but but i needed somebody to do this stuff for me mm-hmm. and, and so that's a that's a benefit that you were able to do it yourself but it's also a lot of extra work oh yeah yeah, yeah. that was definitely an interesting time because i'm not exactly a web developer so i was just kind of going by tutorials and all that stuff but it happened right. um all that said Day jobs can be good. Some, you know, people talk a lot of smack about day jobs when they're writing comedy at night, but like, as boring as mine was for many years, it, it at least got me that. Like, I at least knew a little bit about how to, to structure all this, this boring, the boring part of the job. So you, you have meetings, you get a bunch of content, you're creating the content, you're getting it ready in order to launch the thing, you put it all together, you launch it, you send it out to your friends and family and all that. How do you get the general public you know what what was there any special thing that you that you did to uh spread the word well i think we had like yanked a pr list from the magnet sorry magnet or thanks magnet um oh, so right. we like, like a mailing list sent from, out an yeah. email blast um and we got like one great press inquiry um actually i think maybe even through from that e- from that yeah yeah and um so we had a piece in the daily dot like three days after we launched which kind of started some momentum i feel um, like you guys also are the benefited from some timing because right around that you know it has been the last few years where it's been a big issue yeah that the, the whole idea of women in comedy women everywhere but you know particularly women in comedy women in comedy rooms so the idea that you're coming up with this sort of website that is geared towards women. It's about these supposedly women's issues, mm-hmm. um, but run by women with women contributors and all that stuff is 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 a good story. Yeah. So you were prepared to use that story to help sell the, the product. Definitely. Which, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So our, our first week was better than we expected. Um, Great. And uh, we got some interest from a few angles, and we're like, all right, I think we really need to take this seriously. But that, that first year was still like, what we didn't really know what we were doing. Like, how are we going to actually make money off this? There were definitely like things like, oh, write a book, do all this stuff. But it wasn't a uh, bird in the hand yet. So it was just like, oh, we really have to figure out what the fuck we're doing. And that year was a lot of actually like researching business plans and all the stuff I never went to you know I didn't go to school for this I'm an artist um but did a lot of that that tedious stuff of like what are we actually gonna do but there you go you recognized that that needed to be done and then you did it it's this initiative that you have and it's initiative that turns an idea into an actual into an actual thing yeah. Um, for, you know, I mean, for everybody, but for comedians and writers and stuff, if you want to take a project and turn it into a thing, there's a lot more involved than just producing that thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, it can be as small as your own web series. Like there is process involved more than just writing and, you know, like everything on the cutting table matters. Like there's so much stuff where, you know, Everything is a product, a project, and it can be broken down to meaningful parts. And I, re- I think that applies to writing. I think anything. Obviously, you have to create space to be creative, but that's that's just another part of the project, you know. At least that's where I come from. I Wait, don't know. You said there are two parts. What is, are there? Two parts you did were going to name? You said did it's I broken say down two into parts? two parts. Oh no, just broken down into parts. Oh, okay. Period. <laughs> no, okay, maybe you didn't say two parts. Maybe, maybe I did. I'm going to go back know. and find out, and I'm going to bust you on it <sighs> later. Uh, let's take another break. We'll be back. Talk about the day-to-day of Reductress and um, whatever else comes to mind. I'm here with Sarah Papalardo, the uh, uh, co-founder and managing editor mm. of Reductress.com. Mm-hmm. We'll be right back. Bye. Are you beginning to understand, Blockheads, how important it is to put real thought into what you want to say and how you want to say it rather than just blurting it out? Leave that to Donald Trump. 
In the event you haven't done this already, bookmark Reductress.com and sign up for their weekly newsletter. You'll be supporting a fine artistic endeavor and having a laugh or three while you're at it. Also remember to follow at Reductress on Twitter, along with three very talented women. Sarah is at your Papalardo. Her co-founder, Beth Newell, is at Beth New. And of course, let's not forget at Katy Perry. Get in on the ground floor, blockheads. That one's going places. But let's move on to the day-to-day operations, as well as a brand new and very entertaining segment on Writer's Block we call A Successful Independent Woman Does an Amazing Job of Patiently Explaining Feminism to a Potentially Ignorant 51-Year-Old Man. Enjoy! below like that's the grade right there yeah but i have like a window yeah my friend the first guy that came down to do one called it the podcast dungeon my <laughs> podcast dungeon valid i like it <laughs> yep valid. <laughs> valid oh all right i'm here with sarah papalardo again just i love the way your name rolls right off of there mm. it's just yeah i never Mm-mm. expected to i it's, it's really I, I don't know. Do you have words like that where it's sort of like oh there's this word coming up and i'm gonna fuck it up and boom nailed it Defenestrate is that for me? Defenestrate. defenestrate. You're gonna have to define defenestrate. To or throw it... out the window. Defenestrate. Yeah. Sounds like a bullshit word to me. Yeah, <laughs> we just made it up. No, it is a word. I was I was doing uh, um, writing jokes this afternoon, and there was a you know, we have these we get setups, and then there's a source link, and so I go to the link, and it was for like Entertainment Magazine, and I can't remember the word they used, but I had to look it up, and this was Entertainment Magazine. And, and I had, I was like, what is, you know, you can kind of tell from the context, but I'm like, I've never seen this word before. I look it up and it just ends up meaning something where it's like, just use that word, asshole. You know what I mean? Oh, what was the word? I don't, I can't oh, remember. Oh man. But I really want to know. Well, it, well, like for <laughs> instance, I'm not calling you an asshole for saying defenestrate, but why use a certain word? That's why it's... Fu- I think that's funny. Like, when you use a word that you don't have to use, as long as you're not doing it to sound smart, because that's obnoxious. Well, but that's but what like, I'm saying. But yeah. The, yeah, if you're doing if you're doing it as as sort of a joke, yeah. fine. But this yeah. is just in a random article, and they just use this word where it's like, that, don't, just don't use that word. <laughs> yeah, why, yeah. What are you proving right now? No, who, that's... Sh- who do you, who's reading Entertainment Magazine that knows what that word yeah, is? Yeah, I know. You're supposed to be writing at the sixth grade level. Like, yeah. You know that, <laughs> don't Entertainment. You know? Can't you come down to my level? <laughs> yeah, why seriously. must you make me do research? Yeah, I didn't yeah. come to Entertainment no. Magazine to have to do just, research. I just want to see nip slips, God man. God damn, yes. <sighs> I don't even want to see the slip. <laughs> just the nip. Just the nip. Yep. Enough of the slip. So uh, we were talking earlier about... Women in a writer's room. You've created a, a writer's room run by women and uh, um, and populated perhaps mainly by women. And the the men who are there are you know have women's uh, uh, the stories that go along with your website in mind. They're thinking along those lines, which I love that twist. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I love that twist that the male contributors that you have are now kind of forced to do what. I guess maybe women have been forced to do in men's writer's room all along that a guy like me is probably vastly unaware of. Yeah, they just have to step into our drum circle and yeah, chant right. and say the spell, <laughs> say the spell. Well, so my my question was about, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big deal now. It feels like there are a lot of women in comedy. There are a lot of good women comics and, and writers, obviously, and they're entirely capable of it. There's uh, inequity in the number of people, potentially. I, I don't know what the numbers are of women who are trying to get jobs to men who are trying to get jobs. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that should be somewhat equal, mm. you know? I mean, if 100 men go out for a job and 50 women go out for a job, it makes sense that two-thirds of the staff would be men and one-third of the staff would be women, sure. potentially. Sure, right? sure. That doesn't seem, like, unfair to me. right. Uh, but it seems like some of them want to, you know, make it like, why isn't it just 50-50 everywhere? What that, that, you know, it depends on those numbers. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know about the 50-50 thing, but I do think there is some value in having as many different viewpoints in a writer's room as possible when Absolutely. you're collaborating on a cohesive thing. And I think people have been, you know, people have been writing about that in, in regards to race recently and how, you know... It makes a better product when there's enough diversity in points of view. And I think there's just a lot of men um, who come from a similar place and a point of view that having too many of them is almost a redundancy. 
Um, not to say that they aren't talented. I think just like as a man, you have to be so much funnier to stand out. Like to be a Louis C.K., you have to be so fucking good to to say something, you know, that's a cut above. Because of the level of competition? Yeah. Because I mean, there I, are so many yeah. men. And one thing I wanted to find out from you is is whether or not in, in your work you... Um, I mean, you have created this platform. Do you have in your head while you're coming up with these things any sort of social, I wouldn't say like agenda, but do you have like um, any feeling of responsibility? You know, I mean, when you come up with something, do you say like it's it's a little too oversexed or something? Like to me, there seems like a fine line. This might just be the old man in me talking, but Mm -hmm. I feel like there's kind of a fine line between aggressive sexuality and women's empowerment. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay, so can you just address that a little bit from your point of view, please? Yeah. um, It's easy to assume that feminism is, like, this one thing and, like, there's a manifesto and that's it. So when you see something like sex positivity up against, um, you know, self-respect and all these other things that you would think are under that manifesto, kind of clash, you're like, well, pick one. What is it? This is too complicated. Um, But there's a lot of women out there and women feel empowered in different ways. And so to me, what's funny about that is the way that people are trying to string together this narrative with these two opposing things and like try to just pretend that they're not in opposition to each other. I don't know. We're we're certainly not here to, to... answer that question of which is more feminist or not like we're we are not the the academic source it's on all feminism. under the umbrella of feminism yeah i mean it all it all it falls under different feminisms i guess you could say um but you know where we come from um we try not to fry our brains too much by staying to how the media responds to these these narratives um and be it you know personal blogs like that that kind of reactionary culture that's happening in blogs um and if we just try to stay focused on you know how the media is responding to these things and these discussions rather than the discussions themselves because we don't want to be didactic or too ideological about these things because that's boring too that's just like that's not fun for anyone and we just try to get to the, the the nut of what's funny right yeah we're always dancing a fine line between just playing out tired stereotypes of women or men for that matter. Um, and actually just focusing on the fun minutia and like what we can relate to and appreciate rather than make us feel bad. Right. Finding out, well, that's, that's a classic thing. Like just finding out what, what, what is that, what is that thing really about? And it is, it is about like the, the, the minutia, like you say, of, of choosing of the actual difficulty of, making this seemingly simple choice. Yeah. I love what you were saying about that stuff. And we I, we got a little off track, but I think it's a really complicated, like, topic that we were getting into there. And I didn't really think too much uh, in advance about it. But sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll see a comedy or something and or see something that, you know, people point to online. You're going to see a lot of stuff like, oh, my God, I love this girl because of the things that she does. And mm-hmm. she's so great and so strong. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, oh, so I'm, you know, fucking two guys. And it's like, wait a minute. I, wait a minute. You know, um, I'm talking about Amy Schumer. I, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I like a lot of stuff that she does, but it becomes a bit tiresome to me. Mm. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, I, I went to Trainwreck. Yeah. And I liked it. I liked a lot. Of, I liked a lot of it. Some of it I didn't. It's a, it's a rom-com. You know, yeah. they, they, they almost all have their parts where you don't really like it. But it's confusing to me sometimes. Like, am I supposed to think that this is empowering or sad? You know? Yeah. And, you know, I think, and I totally get that. Because you're like, I know I'm supposed to like this, but what if it doesn't feel right? And especially with Amy Schumer, I feel like as long as, as soon as you drop the idea that she's like a beacon or like pinnacle of feminism, it all becomes a lot easier to just digest because a lot of what she does speaks to feminist truths and and things about women but she's not trying to be the model feminist yeah in it's any funny way. though because she has you know she's gotten all this attention and then and then so they just put that on her 
And now all of a sudden, everything she does has to be an example of this thing. So then it it goes under a microscope yep. and that makes it that much tougher. Yep. And it's easy to pick out like, well, no, she's just like acting like a whore there or whatever, or whatever that means to whoever it is that says it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there is something else within that, that you're saying that that is what, that is what this thing is really about. It's just a basic human emotion. It's sort of like, no, what she's going through is the same thing you as a dude have gone through mm-hmm. because of behavior that you might not necessarily have wanted yourself to do. Right. You know, right. it's women do that too. I, I feel like such an old white guy right no, no, now. No, not, no, I don't know why I threw in white. <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I just feel like some old, like, I don't understand from the girls these days with the, with the, with the low tops. Uh. And the tampons. You know, what, what is that? What, yeah. you, what happens down there? You've got to explain these things it's to me. It's gross. Uh, now I'm Jewish, too. Like, I don't even yes. know. That doesn't make any sense. I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, um, I do feel like there's a... Uh, people don't understand that aspect of it. That's, sure. that's, that's still hard for a lot of people to grasp. Yeah. Particularly conservatives, I would imagine. Yeah, well, yeah, because how dare there be complexity in something? And, that, and that's a thing when, like... A lot of times, you know, at Reductress, we're, we know we're responsible for, for representing, you know, people and women in a way that isn't um, relying on tired stereotypes and things that are negative. But if you strip all that away and talk about, like, a single person's life experience, like, we're influenced by so many things other than just our gender or our ethnic background or anything like that. Uh, and, yeah, sometimes you're just a drunk slob who like has like gross sex at the sports bar down the street and like you can still be a feminist the next day but like that just that stuff happens so i don't know if we try to treat everything that happens under this like kind of these institutional guidelines for feminism like everything breaks apart then everybody sucks so i try to not do that unless you're like roxanne gay you know, I don't know who that is. Uh, she's a feminist. Okay. <laughs> she's cool. <laughs> I'll look it up. She's she's cool. Uh, yeah, I think I had a, a, a little moment of clarity there and sort of like it kind of you helped me talk myself into the that idea of like I was looking at some of the things that I was looking at from a very restricted point of view and saying like, you know, saying like, well, I don't understand like how this can add to the conversation when you're really just showing like how terrible you are and judging that while pretending I have not done the same thing repeatedly throughout my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Right. You don't, you, you see like men and women see the weaknesses somebody like Amy is showing and are forced to address those weaknesses within themselves and that's what makes them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not what she's doing. It's that they've done it and don't want to admit it. Absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. God. She's a treat to talk about. I feel about. like fantastic sense of relief. Oh, good. <laughs> I want to get a margarita. We, we'll Celebrate. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll do that. I love it. All right, good. Into it. All right. We're going to go get a margarita after I'm, this? I'm so into it. Are you right. kidding me? Have you Sorry. looked outside? It's like margarita day. This is great. This is my first post-writer's block date. Nice. <laughs> great. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, before we uh, go, thank, thank you so much for um, indulging that conversation. I know it might, you've probably had to have it before. It. Uh, I haven't been able to have it with anybody so I really appreciate your patience. It was really fun. Good. Awesome. Um, I do want to give uh, have an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the website, though. And I, I, I do want to talk about something that more people tend to listen to the um, to the podcast for rather than, you know, social commentary yeah. that we've. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do both. Them. And that is uh, that is just a real quick flavor of the of the day to day because you um you know how many people are in your uh, in your office, and you've created this thing now. For th- is it three years two, now? That it's two been years, done? just yeah. two years, two, two years in like a month or two. Yeah, yeah. So how does that work? How do you go about your day? There's so much content down there. How often does the content change? How do you uh, decide where to put what? You we're know? just beasts. We're first of all, we've got fucking beasts working for us, yeah, and they're amazing. They're it out. Yeah. So Beth and I are full time, and we have two part time editors, Anna Dresden and Sarah Esokoff, who are just wonderkins. And Anna's a great stand up, and everyone kind of brings their own talents to the table. Uh, 
Yeah, so they're great. Uh, we also have a great intern right now, Loretta Nellen. And so on the Monday, we usually run our pitch meeting. Um, so we compile pitches for the week. I think this is kind of like the onion. We compile pitches so for the you week. You release it on, on a on a certain day. Daily. Oh, okay. Uh, daily during the weekdays. Maybe we'll start posting stuff on the weekends once we uh, branch out. But there's out. all the archives and some things just yeah. kind of get pushed down slowly. Exactly. Okay. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So um, starts <laughs> out on Monday. We have a pitch meeting. Uh, we you know go through whatever thousand pitches we uh, receive from our freelancers. Whittle it down to around. 50 pieces for the week which is about what we shoot for how many of those do you write do you find yourself coming up with these these are just the freelancers pitches so uh between the editorial staff we kind of have our own system of you know beating around uh topics that are trending or social issues or something like that so that is a little bit more fly by the seat of our pants But this is like the most regimented part of our week, at least Mm -hmm. when we just say yay or nay. And um, other than that, we spend our mornings editing those freelancer pieces, um, send them off to our junior editor. Do they they send you the headline first and you say, oh, I like this site? Or is is there sort of an outline of what they're going to write along with it, too? They give a short description, but we primarily base it on the headline. The short description is helpful because sometimes if the headline isn't all the way there, we can tweak it. And then say, write this uh, slight tweak. But yeah, I mean, if the joke isn't in the headline, there's just, right. you know. No, you have um, to. It's the clickbait. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's clickbait, but it's also like you want to see a joke. Like yeah. from a human standpoint, like I want to laugh from that headline. So um, yeah, that's like a big thing. It's got to be, your joke's got to be succinct and it's got to say something. And in a perfect world should have some kind of context or reference in the real world that's happening right now, you know, right. whether it's topical or not. So we do that, um, and then we spend a, a few hours in the morning uh, do, taking our passes at those uh, freelancer submissions. So I feel like I feel like just going through your basic women's magazines is like a gold mine for you. Yes, is that, it, it that like, between that and just the news. Uh, yeah, there's... I mean, you can literally take those headlines and change one word and make it ridiculous yeah, <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's crazy of course like those things too they get really redundant because you're like what another article on how to please your man what the-? it's yeah crazy. but i mean that's that's a, that's almost like one of the one of the head that's almost yeah. like a headline for you is like what another article <laughs> yeah, about how to please exactly. your man that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yes i love I think it I'd click on that. <laughs> i'll take it right. yeah so that's like yeah a lot of our evergreen content is just like inspired by magazine stuff and um people do send us topical pictures throughout the week of you know what's trending on facebook we send out a news brief every week so that our freelancers are in the know but in the office we're definitely very much paying news attention brief of like we you know try to pitch stuff on these stories yeah but you know in-house we're really looking closely at what's trending on facebook and twitter um whatever's hot right now or just now weird. you sound like an entertainment weekly editor. Whatever's hot right now i know that's that's the worst part tell me what's hot yeah people yeah right julie what's hot I used to think I was above looking at the news, but then I found that I had to do it. Yeah. Uh, it's bullshit. But uh, yeah, so we we spend some time looking at the news and seeing what's up. And if there's anything that we can tease out, a lot of times we really just talk out jokes. Uh, like today, for example, obviously some more just terrible things happened all while people are freaking out about a lion. Um, so yeah, right. we we batted around some ideas among a few. A beloved lion. A beloved lion. I mean, he was probably a good lion. But anyway, it made us all mad. Uh, but also the murder of, or, you know, suspicious killing of five black women in prison yeah, was also right. uh, yeah. uh, really upsetting. So, you know, we just batted that around amongst ourselves and just a quick email chain with some people who were outside of the office. Um, and then we just get that stuff up right away. Well, that's interesting because that, that's comedically very easy to ignore and say like, mm, no, let's not do this. Mm. But, you know, then you think back to like how The Onion dealt with 9-11 and stuff and it's sort of like perfect. Fucking yep. just perfect. Yep. And the idea that like, no, you know, there's nothing that's that we can't attempt to address. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there's right. some things you're not going to find the right way to do it. Yeah. And you have to recognize that and shut it down. But you are sort of compelled to make the attempt on almost any topic. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I think as a writer, as someone trying to make sense of the world, like, you have to at least try and try to get better. And no, you can't hit a home run on every social issue, especially right now when it almost feels redundant. Like another person dies, another person dies. But yeah, you can, there's always some some angle in there that you can... Well, plus I feel like the, that some of this stuff doesn't necessarily fit in your website, like yeah. as far as like the aggressive cops and right, stuff like right, that. Right. I mean, when you've got a woman who is, then is found dead in jail, then then, we'll the, then, then, then what do you do? Exactly. I mean, what was she wearing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's <laughs> you know, another, the, that's another but, tough But then balance. within that, you find a way to, like, address the issue, even though you're not talking directly about it. And uh, But it is it is hard, right? Because to, to legitimately address it, legitimately be funny, and yet have a sensitivity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a difficult thing and and you know you have deadlines. So, yeah, 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 it's definitely. And that's the thing. It's like we're trying to really like have our head in the game for special projects, but then we really got to and there's only, you know, uh two of us full time, two of us half time. So it's um it's a lot to balance, but I think we we do all right. Well, like what? Like what name a special project? So um well we just wrapped up a, a short video series that we did with L that's like a, an advice column. It's gonna be really weird and funny. Um so that's uh kind of our dive back into some video. And work. are you pitching these things to these places? They came to us for this, but well, yeah, that's we're that's we're starting very flattering too, isn't it? Yeah, that it's they're nice. getting that attention and they're coming to you to kind of create content for them. Yeah, yeah. What a um, great thing. They have a great producer that used to work at Comedy Central and like understand stuff, so it's that's always great. And, uh, yeah, other than that, there's just, like, a lot of um, side creative projects and uh, stuff that we kind of uh, hammer out it during the afternoon. And then um, all night I just uh, look at Twitter, yeah. <laughs> read the news. That's your job, though. It's great. Yeah, it is. Good for you. You I created really it for it. yourself. Yeah. I go to – I sleep at night knowing I love what I do. <laughs> there you go Jealous. again. <laughs> I feel like we've come full circle on these cliches that are, like – well, yeah, no, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's too. No. Yeah, we've yeah. just been constantly shaking hands this whole podcast. All right, All right. well, that, this was uh, this was great. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming out to the podcast dungeon. Yeah, it's... let's go get some margaritas and yes. tacos. Let's. All right, excellent. Done. Uh, blockheads, go to reductress.com and pay attention to the advertisements. Yeah, click on ads. <laughs> click on a, click on every ad and then click out of it, but click on it and then go back and read the funny stuff. You're going to enjoy it. My guest is Sarah Papalardo, reductress.com. Say goodnight, Sarah. Good night, Sarah. That's it. Episode 49 is in the bag. Thanks again, Blockheads, old and new, for hanging in there through our unannounced hiatus. It's good to be back, and I've got more great episodes on the way. Look for those, tell your friends, and most importantly, write, write, write. Do what you do, think what you think, trust yourself, put it on paper, and share it with the world. Until then, say goodnight, blockheads. Blockheads.